All right, it's that time again, folks. It's time for Across the Tracks. We are back again. We're looking at episode 11. Episode 11, Across the Tracks podcast. Man, I can't believe we've been at this for 11 episodes, but, uh, you know, I'm enjoying it. Been enjoying every one. So uh, let's bring it tonight. Bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. Hey, we have a special guest tonight. Introduce our guest. Hey, we got a special guest, as Steve said. Uh, again, another one of the brothers from another mother that has been hanging out with us uh, since we all grew up there in E-Town. Uh, tonight, our special guest is the one and only Tony Bishops hanging out with us tonight across <laughs> the track. So how's it going, my friend? Doing good, man. Just been checking y'all out, listening to y'all a little bit. Just kind of, like I said, fell on y'all by accident. And shoot, I ended up sitting up for two or three hours listening to these episodes, <laughs> man. Cracking up. <laughs> it brings back some memories, huh? Oh, it did, man. Lemon cooler and all them, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was, some, that was some fun, crazy time. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. Great stuff. Okay. Tonight, tonight's episode is kind of uh, ad hoc. Uh, we're just going to throw some topics out there and I mean, we want everybody to uh, tune in and uh, listen up. And then everyone on our, on our podcast, Wayne and uh, Tony, we'll all get to uh, express our opinions about certain things or events or uh, people that. Uh, so, I'm going to get this thing started, and I'm going to throw out a name, okay? Throw out a name as our first topic of tonight, okay? The name is Mohammed Mohodemon. <laughs> Mr. Mo. Mr. Mo. <laughs> thoughts. Give us some thoughts on Mr. Mo. Oh, well, for me, I, I, I knew of Mr. Mo. Uh, I, was not a, I was not a big math person. I'll be honest with you, man. I avoided math at all costs. Uh, I, you know, the one math class you had to take in high school, I think I took that class, but I don't remember Mr. Moe being <laughs> in that class, but you'd see him in the hallway all the time. I think he was one of the few, uh, and maybe the only, I think, um, you know, foreign teacher that we had in E-Town High, uh, during the time he was there, we were there. So it was, it was sort of interesting um, you know, to see this guy walking down the hall and he didn't look like everybody else that was walking the halls of each other. That's so, true. Uh, but um, I remember Mr. Moe, he was about maybe five, 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 six, uh, if that. Uh, real professional, always wore a dress shirt and a tie, um, but always had a kind word to say uh, to whoever, you know, spoke to him. He always had a kind word back. Again, I was not a big math person, so I don't remember actually being in any of his classes at E-Town High, but I do know of him and know that, um, you know, the people that did take math, um, you know, that he was a, a very good math teacher. Yeah, I didn't take any of his classes. I I uh, really didn't have, have much real contact other than, like Wayne said, passed him in the hall, but thinking back on it, and even then, he was, like I said, he was very professional, always dressed, uh, but yeah, the students that had him, or the friends that had him, they were they they talked about how great he was. They was a he was kind of a math team with Roy Speck. So, right, right. Yep. yep. I had Mr. Mo, and Mr. Mo was a kind soul, you know. But I have to admit, and I do this a lot. The only time I ever saw Mr. Mo upset and mad was that me and Craig Buckner won, and something that happened in his in his math class. And Craig started laughing. And Mr. Moe thought Craig was laughing at him. And he got so mad. And I was laughing at Mr. Moe because <laughs> Craig was laughing at him. And so it automatically threw me into the mix. And he kicked us both out of his class and sent us to the office. And all I could say is, Mr. Moe, what did I do? Because you were laughing at me. I was I wasn't laughing at you, Mr. Mo. I was laughing at Craig. He goes, Well, you're both going down to the office. <laughs> but um Mr. Mo was also the person that started EHS soccer. Yes, yes. Yeah, he was he was he was the first soccer coach at uh E Town High School. And you know, he had some he had some good soccer teams because it was all new to us. 
And, you know, uh, and I forget where he was from. I think he was from either. I think he was from Iran originally. Yes. Yeah. He was from Iran. Yes. And, uh, you know, soccer is a world sport. And so to E-Town High School, I mean, soccer was new. And so he actually introduced soccer to um, E-Town High School and was very, had, had some decent teams and eventually had some really good teams after we had graduated and so on. So that was uh, Mr. Moe. He's a great guy. I think he's, he stayed at E-Town High School until he retired. Yeah, he retired. And um, so I can remember him. Other times, just passing in the hall or seeing him, he could be really stern, you know, in his way. And uh, if he got, you know, he got his bad side or got him, you know, he could get with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't make him mad. He'll get fired up on you. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah I can remember yeah. that. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, we had asked uh, before we had talked about uh, some of the teachers. I'm gonna throw another teacher out there, and let's let's expand upon this this other teacher. Okay, this is a teacher coach, and I don't know if you guys had him or not, but uh, his name was Mr. Crane, Bill Crane. You guys remember Mr. Crane? Yeah, yeah. I remember Mr. Crane. He he was the shop guy. Yeah, he was the shop guy. He was the shop teacher. Okay. Uh, again, another one of those classes I didn't take. <laughs> but, but again, a lot of these teachers were known, man, that they, they had a reputation around the school. And and Mr. Crane was one of those teachers, man, that had a good reputation. Yeah. He had he had a good reputation. Uh the people that took shop, they loved taking shop, man, cuz he he taught, you know, skills that you could like easily walk out of the classroom and go do things with them. So and find a job, yeah. And find a job, you know. So uh, again, uh, same thing with Mr. Mo. I knew of Mr. Crane. Uh, you know, you walk by his, you walk by the shop class on your way to somewhere else, you know. And uh, but uh, I knew of him, but did not take take any shop while I was at Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I had okay. him in class though, and, and that's what really started me with electricity and, and stuff and learning it. And uh, so, yeah, he, he it did. He taught you how to get started, like like you said, and getting a, actually being able to get a job down the road. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's also a coach. Yeah. He coached football and he coached baseball for a while as well. So and I, I think most <coughs> of those teachers uh, did the same. A lot of the guys that we talk about all the time, there were there were coaches in one way or the other. So he he coached football and he coached uh, some baseball uh, as well as well so yeah Mr. Crane was he was he was a good guy you know he is he was fiery as well you know so but he was he was okay okay yeah, Wayne you got you, any any, any topics go ahead Tony I can tell y'all somebody that I saw a couple of weeks back over at one of our retirement places that and he's still the same looks the same John Bird. Wow. Oh, really? That's yep. a from the past. <laughs> Coach Baird is still around? He is still around. He's up in age, but he's moving, and okay. he's walking good. He's still – he just happened to see me, and I said, Coach. And then he kind of looked, and he goes – and then he had that grin. He said, I know you. <laughs> yeah. Once a coach, always a coach. Yeah, yeah he's he is something else. Coach Baird was yep. – he was the meanest little person I've no. ever known. <laughs> I'll never forget back before football players would wear gloves. I don't know if I, I said this in an earlier podcast or not, but we went up to Louisville to play Pleasure Ridge Park, PRP, and it was cold. It was cold, and I had some gloves on. I had some gloves that I was going to take. I didn't have them on yet because I was going to make sure I ask before I um, could wear these gloves. So we were getting ready to go out for the start of the game. And I asked Coach Baird, I said, Coach Baird, is it okay if I wear these gloves? I think I was a sophomore at the time because I was a receiver. And, you know, he looked at me, he took the gloves and said, well, 
here's what I think about these gloves. And he threw the gloves down in the locker room and started stomping on them. He said, no, you can't wear these gloves. And start stomping up and down on them. And I went, guess I'm not going to wear those gloves. <laughs> and so I said, that's the end of that. One other story, one other story with Coach Bear, and I forget who we were playing, but uh, it was on the home side. We were still at uh, TK Stone. The game was going on. I think we were playing like Breckenridge Park or someone like that. I remember the colors being maroon and white. And so someone and this guy was kind of laying around and Coach Baird started kicking him in the butt. <laughs> get up, get up, bit tackle, get up, kicking him, kicking him back on the field. You're not hurt. And he wasn't even our player. <laughs> he was players from the other team. <laughs> he started kicking him in the butt, said, get up, get up, get up, bit tackle, get up, get up. And the kid goes back on, he turns around and look, and Coach Barry goes, Yeah, that's right. Get up. You shouldn't be laying on the ground anyway. Get up. So that was that was Coach Barrett. Yeah, he was. It's funny. He was mean. He was the shortest, meanest man I've ever <laughs> known in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So and he was a history teacher too. That he taught. Yeah, he was. I taught history, and uh, again, I again one of those folks I didn't have history with. I don't remember who I had history with, but it wasn't Coach Baird. Uh, but I remember him uh, as history teacher. And yeah, you're right, fiery little guy. But I was probably, you know, in, in the coaching annals of E-Town High, uh, he ranks up there with probably some of the top coaches that come through that school. Yes, sir. Let's go Coach Barrett. Coach yeah. Barrett. So I got a location that okay. might jump memories. And the location is on your side of the tracks. But I think we all at one time or another stopped at this place, hung out at this place, whatever. Good and handy. <laughs> Good and handy, yeah. the, lo- the local mom and pops grocery store. Good handy. Good oh, handy. yeah. Good and handy. Good and handy. So what, what was your impression or what did what did the good and handy store mean to you as a kid growing up in Eton? Well, <laughs> first thing that I can remember is good and handy was just that, good and handy. It was a grocery store that would allow – you to go in and buy just about anything. It had all the groceries that you can imagine. But I remember as a kid going there doing two things that stand out. Number one, you could go in there and buy pickled bologna. <laughs> and you can get different sizes of pickled bologna. You can get a 25 cent piece, you can get a 50 cent piece or 75 cent piece. And they would cut it up, pull it out, cut it up, give you some crackers, and then we would go out. Uh, close to uh, Norman Cleaver's house, we'd go out there and we would grub on on pickled bologna, or we'd go onto the laundromat, which was right next door, yeah. and grub on to uh, uh, eating those pickled bolognese from there. That's the first thing. The second thing is that now this is back in the '60s, and yeah, back in the '60s, my mom would send me to Good and Handy to buy cigarettes. Wow. Yeah. And I was, I mean, it was right up the street for me. It was a block and a half away. And so I would go up there and buy Salem cigarettes for my mom. You know, it's 25 cents for a package at that time. You know, today you have to have, you have to be 21 years old, have to show your ID and give your birth certificate before you could buy a pack of cigarettes that cost you about $12. That was my thoughts on good and handy. Well, you know, the it, it's the, the parallel to your good and handy was the store on our side of the track, <laughs> which was Hawkins Brothers. Hawkins Brothers, Brothers. yeah. That, that was Taters, Dave. Yeah, that, that was the playoff on good and handy. And and Hawkins Brothers Grocery is it was run by these two brothers, um uh B. Hawkins and Mutt Hawkins. <laughs> B and Mutt. And they had this guy. <laughs> They had this guy who worked for him. Uh, we called him Zeke. We called him Zeke. Oh, yeah. His real name was Dave. So they they would always, you know, the, as Tony said, the classic line was you go in there. They're like, yeah, five pounds of potatoes, Dave, you know, for somebody coming in, you know, whatnot. <laughs> but the cool thing I remember about Hawkins Brothers Grocery, similar to what you said, a good and handy, same thing. They sold pickle bologna in there. Same thing. They cut your piece, give you some of those white saltine crackers. 
You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of those white saltine crackers and eat that pickle bologna and crackers, man. And uh, I think that my mom used to send us up to Hawkins all the time. We go get what was called liver cheese. You remember, you remember liver oh, cheese? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go up there and get, get some liver cheese and, you know, whatnot. But, but the Hawkins Brothers grocery simmered a good and handy, man. It was like, it was like a central part of the neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, everybody, you know, I remember stopping at Good and Handy coming home from football games on Friday night. You'd stop by Good and Handy on your way back to the bottom. And, uh, you know, Hawking, a lot of these places, they closed at a certain time. Oh, you know, six o'clock, like, seven o'clock, it was closed. Yeah, they were closed, you know. So, uh, but the, that parallel between similar environment you had on your side of the tracks the Hawkins grocery on our side, they're, they're pretty much the same, man. Central to the neighborhood, you can go in there and buy groceries, whatever you needed. Uh, it was right there. It was accessible to everybody. Stoney, what's your take on Hawkins? Yeah, man? and the thing about Hawkins was, and really I guess what good and handy is back then everybody knew everybody. And with Hawkins, I mean, you can go in there and it was like you had a running tab, you know. You yeah. didn't, you know. Yeah. They just say, "Well, we'll just put that on your tab." You got any money? Uh, no, sir. <laughs> well, we'll just put that baloney on your mom's tab, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and I can remember, you know, my mom saying, "Well, here, take his money over to Hawkins," you know, and, yeah. Yeah. you know that sort of stuff. And you know, you can't do that now, <laughs> you know. No, uh, no, no one has tabs today. You have to pay <laughs> I don't, I don't think anybody. But that's that's just the the sign of small community grocery stores, mom and pop stores. Yeah. You know, they know who you were, and so if you needed to, that they would cut you some slack and say, okay, you know, come back in and pay us later, or we'll put it on your tab. That's just that's just how things were done in small towns. And I would bet it's still like that in some small communities today that that has small mom and pop type grocery stores, because that's the you know one of the focal points of the community. Absolutely. And that, those days of trust and, you know, um, you know, being that central part of the community, um, you know, I, yeah, little small towns around, you know, this country that that still probably exists. But for us growing up there, man, that that those places were the lifeblood, man, of the community. On our side, they're in the bottom I, there because there wasn't another store around. Uh, it wasn't until later we grew up that the quick shop started coming into prominence. You know, mm-hmm. the quick shop. But that was after you know Hawkins sort of was declining, and, uh, and the Hawkins brothers they were getting up in age. They were they were having some health problems. And and so they were, you know, cutting back on the store. And then the quick shop, I remember, I can't remember the guy's name, John. I remember John was his name. Yeah, yeah it was John Rose. Matter of fact, he just ah, passed yeah. away last week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so mm. the quick shop started coming into prominence. And then, you know, we started hitting the quick shop either, you know, before you'd like come out of Sunday school over to church, walk over to the <laughs> quick shop you know, whatnot, or walk up to the crick shop after you, you know, play basketball up at the school or something like that. But both those two places, man, were central to uh, to life on our side of the tracks, just like Good and Handy was on your side of town, man. All right, that sounds that sounds good. Okay, let's 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 change uh, topics here. Let's talk about another place. Another place. And let's let's go out to Freeman Lake and the significance <laughs> of Freeman Lake for. The citizens of E Town and our and our sides of the track. Let Tony kick that one off. <laughs> well, that one that one was pretty good. I really, you know, it was so far out for us from our side of town, you know. So we really didn't even know there was a Freeman Lake until probably high school. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was just because we were fooling with Coach Speck and cross country, and we would. He would have us run or go over to the through the back you well back ways and through people's backyards and walk across the dam and and there would be the lake you know and and for me even I thought that was a big deal just to see that much water <laughs> in one spot you know uh, for E Town anyway. Uh, so, but that that's the main thing I remember is just going across that lake and running around it. Yeah, uh, yep, across yep. the country. 
Yeah, I remember we used to leave uh, cross country prayer. I, I, to this day, I couldn't tell you how we ran from <laughs> high school to Freeman Lake. Cause I'd like, where are we? You know, but we were co- we were on these back roads and whatnot, and we were running. And uh, and uh, we would start out. Me, Tony, Mike Richardson, Richard Jetter, and Richie Emmerine. We we called yeah. him the Iron Lung man. <laughs> yeah, Richie, Richie could run, man. But we'd take off after school change, and 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 Mr. Speck and I can remember who was his assistant coach. I can't Miller, remember. Uh, it was um, Wilson. Miller. Was Miller, 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 yeah, Raymond yeah. Miller. So yep. they would take off in the car and drive out to Freeman Lake, and we would be running and and meet them out there. So we'd run the lake and run back to the high school. I mean, I mean that was like back then, man. That was a lot of running. <laughs> but my memories of Freeman Lake. Besides that, I had a summer job at Freeman Lake one year. I was out there. I was cutting grass issuing equipment for people that that would come out to to do boating or we get the pavilion set up for people that were having events out there then i worked for bobby williams i mean you guys remember bobby williams? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Worked, Base, baseball bobby yeah worked for bobby williams he was uh he was over the uh the city ground stuff i think and so uh you know right doing a riding more cutting grass and we picked up trash and pretty much kept the park clean but the Freeman Lake was huge, man, for E-Town because there was nothing like it. You know, we we had, like Tony said, we hadn't seen that big of a body of water unless <laughs> we went to the Ohio River or something like that, <laughs> yeah. you know. But it was huge because it gave people now another place to go relax and chill and, and have events out there. And it, it's a great location, man, great location. Yep, yep. My my thoughts on Freeman Lake is yeah, it was that's where we kind of went. If you wanted to fish, you could go out there and fish. You didn't really have to have a license to do that. And you know, really it was a reservoir to help save some water in E-Town. Yep. But probably from you running out there from the high school was probably about 2 miles. Probably just a warm up. If yeah. you you know came came down Dixie, not Dixie, yeah, uh, Dixie, you probably ran over by Mouse's house uh, off of, um, I can't think of the name of the street now, but the the dam is right there at the yeah. back of his neighborhood, so you only, it was about two miles. Yeah, we, we uh, ran through some neighborhoods, I remember that. Right, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, we went through like the Highlands or, yeah, but, yeah I guess it was the Highlands. Right, right. And, and so, then up through somebody's yard. But it was, right. It because it, right. Ran, it ran parallel to the little creek that, that was back there. There's the big house that was on the on Dixie off of there. Yeah. And so it was parallel back there. Where, remember where uh, the Buckners moved to? Yeah. yeah. Out on, um, well, that's yeah. the back of their house was the yeah, back of the lake. Deeks Drive. Area. Yeah, Deeks Drive. That's what it was. Yeah. Deeks Drive would take you take you right there to to get to the uh the reservoir or freeman's lake and yeah and they it's it was a good place you can go and hang out and they had uh the old lincoln house out there they call it the lincoln house but it really wasn't it was just a replica of the abraham lincoln house and they had different little pavilions where you can go out there and you could cook and you can you know have a barbecue and stuff like that and so it was good, good place that you can go. And there were any, there weren't any boating activities or anything out there at that time, and so on. So it was just some kind of a good place to go and hang out. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I, uh, Lynn and I got engaged out at Freeman Lake. I, I gave her the ring out there. <laughs> sure enough, we just right. went out there. Went out there. Came home from uh, Eastern one weekend and. And pop the question out there at Freeman Lux if ducks were running by us and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we can't get rid of them ducks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, I'm going to throw another name out. I'm going to change gears a little bit. Change gears a little bit. I'm going to throw out another name or, of an individual that we went to school with. This individual you went to school with. You may or may not know much about or may remember him. And that is, and hopefully he doesn't get mad at us. He was a president of our senior class, if you remember, Wayne. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I might, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, Helen Howe? 
I don't want to sound foolish. Uh, no, it wasn't Alan Howe. Was it Herb Jones? No, not Herb. Ted, Ted Snodder. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, was pre- he was the president of our class. He was yeah. the president of the class of 75. Wow. I, I remember Ted, but I don't remember he, I don't remember, man. I, that was, that was like, man, I wasn't into, you know, that kind of stuff anyway. So. <laughs> but I remember Ted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he was, he was president. He played uh, football with us. He's a little, little short guy. Yeah. Yeah. Did he play so some he, baseball too? I think he played some baseball. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let's see who else was our class officers uh leslie lands you remember her remember leslie lands yes yes it was and uh, lisa bishop remember lisa bishop yeah and then of course uh richie emrine those were our class presidents in class 75 <laughs> now you know they're supposed to be responsible for putting our class reunions together but they've fallen on the wayside <laughs> you know here we we're coming we're getting close to um 45 years here uh, yep. next year. Next year is 45? Wow. Next year is 45, brother. Wow. Yeah. Dang. 45. Well, we, it seemed like we just did the 40. <laughs> it just seems like it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but Ted Snodder, he was a, he was a president, and he okay. officer classes are supposed to be responsible for doing that. So okay. I brought him up uh, as, as one of those one of those guys. Uh, he he did just about a little bit of everything, you know. He was pretty popular popular guy. Of course, you know to be president of your of your class, you have to be uh, kind of popular and so on. Absolutely. So he was voted in. And the other officers, they were you know decent officers, and uh, you know we the class of seventy five was well represented. So I just hope that they have something coming going forward for us as we uh, you know we're getting older and. You know, some of our classmates are starting to uh, pass on, you yeah, know, so yeah. uh, who knows what's going to happen in 2020 when we be, when we do reach our uh, 45th. Wow, 45. Man, that's how you time flies, man. Yeah, absolutely. Time flies. So I got I, I got a name. I got okay. a name. And um, we'll, we'll throw this one out there. This, this one uh, sure is going to generate a lot of discussion. And that is uh, Ray Vinsel. Oh, Ray Sharkey. <laughs> Ray Vinsel. So yeah. uh, I, I know Steve, you, you you shot hoops there at E Town High. Played uh, played on a lot of the teams there. Uh, what's your impression of the coach? Coach Vinsel is a legend, and Coach Vinsel, of course, you know we got we're going to have to use our um, one of these podcasts to talk about names. You know, nicknames. And for Coach Vinsel, we had a couple names. <laughs> and, of course, we wouldn't say this to his face. We we, we called him Ray Sharkey. Ray Sharkey. <laughs> but um, Coach Vinsel, as a head coach of basketball, he was blunt and honest, and he expected you to give 100% all the time. And he didn't care who you were. If you didn't perform, you weren't going to play, you know, and everybody had a role on the basketball team. And, you know, some of the top athletes, you know, if they didn't perform, he would he would uh, he would get them, you know, and he would he would challenge us. You know, we would scrimmage against ECC, you know, just I know it's illegal now, but back then they would bring ECC out there just to beat us up a little bit, you know, but. But usually what happened is that we would beat them up, you know, because we had we had we had a good team. But Coach Vinsel was uh, he was he was a tough he was a tough character. He didn't he didn't take anything from anybody. And if you weren't on time or anything like that, he would he would get you. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, we talked about Mark, yeah. Mark Bradley, and um, we were playing someone and Mark wouldn't take a charge. And so Coach Vinsel says, oh, so you you can't take a charge, huh? He goes, all right, boys. He goes, we're going to do this one at a time. You're going to learn how to take a charge. And so he got everybody on the team. He put Mark at the free throw line, and everybody ran over Mark. <laughs> everybody. He goes, 
I don't want you to take it easy on him, boys. You go to the basket and you put the ball in the hole. <laughs> he said, Mark Bradley, I don't care if you a superstar or not. You're going to learn how to take a charge. And so we all <laughs> ran over Mark. <laughs> you know, I mean, here's a guy scoring 30 points a game. And so we all ran over him. I mean, we were full speed and he took a charge from everybody. Wow. That the, the next game, I think Mark had about three charges. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he learned his lesson. Another thing that Coach Vinsel did, we were going to play Owensboro and uh, Mr. Bailey was the bus driver. And so... Um, I think what had happened is Mark had overslept or something like that. And Mark's excuse was he got caught by the train going across the tracks. <laughs> and so we were had leading. Coach Fensel said, I'm not going to wait for him. And he goes, oh, hell, fired up, person. Let's get the hell out of here. We got a game to play. <laughs> so we left Mark. We left it. You know, we're the top scorer. We left him in E-Town. <laughs> so we we get down to Orangeboro and it's you know we're playing you know Orangeboro High School you know you think about the Higgs and all those guys yeah. that were great basketball players and we get we get down there and we start the game but Mark's not around halftime Mark shows up <laughs> somebody I don't know who brought him to the game but someone had driven him all the way from E Town to Orangeboro. <laughs> With his uniform, okay, and he ended up playing the second half of the game. <laughs> but we, but Coach Vinsel left him. Wow. Coach Vinsel left him, boy, and he was he was he was a tough character, but he was fair, you know. And he had some great he had some great basketball teams because I, if I remember correctly, he won the state title when he was at Richmond High School in, yep. um, in yeah. Kentucky. Yep. I think that was seventy. 71 somewhere around there yeah. it was he just comes, came here right he came to e-town the next year and maybe it was 70 and came to e-town in 70 72 i think it was and then he went back to the state championship game and came up uh short they were runners up and that was with that team with uh you know gary french and chuck rollins and richard uh, Richard Thomas, Ooh. Jackie Dupin, uh, Steve Applegate, Newt Hare. That was that group that went on to uh, play in the state finals and the state championship and lost by a few points. And so he was he was a great coach and great individuals. Very uh, he was he was very pleasant, but he was stern. But he was a, he was a great coach. Now, I, 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 I haven't seen Coach Mitchell for a long time, but he's one of those guys I would love to see him, uh, again and uh, see how he's doing. You know, so. I can't remember exactly because was he I saw him at something. I don't know if it was last year's Basketball Hall of Fame or not, but he, but he's, he was been, he's been in a wheelchair. Right. And uh, he's on oxygen, so he, he really can't go very far. Uh, but other than that, when he sees you, I mean, he recognizes you. And when you know, I remember that one day he saw me and he just said, shoot, you, you used to be a little bitty thing. You done filled out, you know. <laughs> kind of like, yeah. yeah, maybe too filled out now. <laughs> I have about it. You know. Oh, yeah. Yep. So what about you, Wayne? I remember the coach, man. Uh, he was a PE teacher, so uh, he used to always let us play ball in PE, man, because that that was that's what we loved to do, man, was play ball. Shoot, he and, was recruiting. Uh, yeah, and uh, he actually, you know, because you know, as as we talked about on the previous podcast, I didn't play high school basketball. Probably one of the dumbest things I ever did in my life was not playing high school basketball. And uh, and he actually talked to my parents, man. He's like, you know, uh, why isn't your son playing basketball? You know, he, he should be out here playing basketball. And uh, my mom said, well, he doesn't want to cut that hair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he doesn't want to cut that hair. And that was the coach's rule. You know, he had to right. 
be clean shaven. You had to cut your hair and everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm dumb and stupid, man, rebelling. You know, I had the big afro and everything. And I was like, nah, I'm not cutting my hair, man. But looking back now as, as, as someone who has matured a bit, probably one of the dumbest things I ever did in my life. Man. <laughs> yeah. Play. But uh, I, I remember, man, the, 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 the coach was, he, he was, he was the real deal. And, okay. uh, you know, watching him on the sidelines, you know, I, I went to just about every game, you know, you guys played and when you're at home and I went to some away games too, especially during tournament time, but he was the real deal, man. And, uh, you know, you, you respected him, he respected you. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's how it is. You know, the, the coach is in charge, but I think the coach, you know, should respect the players as well. And that was mutual, uh, amongst those teams he had at E-Town high. And, and as you said, he's a legend. And uh, it's great that he's in the in the basketball hall or the Hall of Fame, E-Town Sports Hall of Fame, um, an honor that that is most worthy. Yeah, he deserves that. That's for sure. That is for sure. He definitely deserves that. Okay, Coach Fensel. Absolutely. He's a great guy. Um, Tony, you got any you got any ideas? What do you think? What what topics you want to? bring up here tonight what's, what's going it's been on my, this has been my first time here with you guys live and everything uh, i just enjoy just listening really but uh but uh yeah i think one of the things wayne just said kind of touched me was but the respect you know it, it was just different and and the kids you know the way way we were taught and the way those teachers reacted to us or treated us, you know, it was just a mutual respect. It almost, I wouldn't say we was a fear factor, but but uh, with some of them, it was a fear factor. Uh, but still, it was more of a respect that, that even when I see them now, like I said, just seeing Coach Baird and, and some of the others, I saw Ben Allen. Oh, wow. Okay. At, at one of the nursing homes, we was visiting a friend and and he was there and, you know, he couldn't hardly he could recognize me, but he couldn't really remember me until I mentioned my name. And then he then he said, well, shucks, you know, and, you know, but you, you kind of have that respect that you remember, him, you know, and it's just something that there's little things in all of them that touches you that, you know, you learned something from, you know. Yep. Yep. Okay. Here's I've got I've got two others here. You guys remember the smoking area at EHS? <laughs> the long haired room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys remember that? You remember where it was at? I'm yeah. I think I can't remember. I used to be right right around Ben Allen's and then Right outside the cafeteria. The right back. outside the cafeteria. <laughs> right on the, the doors, you know, the commons area or the cafeteria, the doors that led to the side of the school where the uh, golf course was. Okay. You know, Panther Lane, right yeah. out those doors was a smoking area. Now, just think about that. Think about it in today's context. Here we are 40-some years later. And at high school back then, you could go outside. You could smoke in high school. <laughs> you just went outside the door and smoked outside. They had, you know, little uh, five-gallon uh, cans that they had uh, <laughs> sand in it, and people went out there and smoked. Mr. Curtis, it, it was a it was a normal thing. You know, people went out there and smoked. You know, so we always said it it was the druggies that went out there and smoked. <laughs> you know. But it was that was in high school. You couldn't even think about doing that today in today's world, you know, because when I first uh, came to Indianapolis in the teacher's lounge, this was 1984. They had a smoking area in the teacher's lounge. <laughs> yeah, serious. But now, you know, there's you no know, probably 90 percent of schools today. Ninety five percent of schools are all smoke free. You know, but back then, you know, people went out there to smoke. Wow. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Now that you describe that area, I remember it. Uh, that area that led out from the commons area. I remember that area, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah unheard of. You you could not do that today. Um, not today. You know, it was 
you know, it was a special time, man. I mean, we're sitting here, we talk about this stuff like, you know, next year will be 45 years since we graduated from high school. But, you know, if, we, if you sit and think about all the people uh, that touched your life, your life uh, over the four years you went to Etown High School, I mean, you've got a lifetime of memories, man. And from for me, I can't think of anything that was bad about it. You know? <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. It's like, what was really bad about those four years at Etown High School? And uh, I, I can't think of anything, man. I had... From what the teachers that I had, they were great teachers. Uh, what one of the teachers, and we have, since we we're talking about faculty, one of the teachers I had, man, and I, I really love this teacher, man. She taught Spanish, and um, I'm trying to think of her name. She taught Spanish. I took two years of Spanish with her. I'm like, what was her name? I can see her face. I can't think of her name. Did she have dark oh, hair? She, yeah, she had dark hair. And Mrs. Uh, Vance. No, not Mrs. Vance. Uh, not Miss, Mrs. Vance. It, did she retire or something? Was it Miss? Was it uh, Miss Woodring? That something like it. It was Woodring. Wood, it was Wood something. Yeah, it was Woodring or something. Yeah, but she was a Spanish teacher, and man, she she I loved her class, man. Loved her class. Okay. Okay. Two, two years of Spanish. I mean, I like, man, I, I actually learned Spanish, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I still remember a lot of, a lot of, lot of Spanish phrases stuff today because she taught that class, you mm -hmm. know? And so I, I sit and we, we talk, we reminisce, but I'm trying to like, what was really bad about the four years at that school? I can't really think of anything that just warped my life so much that I'm like, man, I hated every day of high school. I can't I can't think that because we had such great teachers uh, that cared about not just you as a, as a student, but they cared about you as an individual, as a person. Right. And they, and they were always good at getting parents involved. If you had some issues that was going on and so on. So, yeah, it, it was it was a good, nice little community. And, you know. <laughs> It's hard to imagine that Etan was only about 700 students, about 700 students, no more than 800 students the entire time that we were there. Ooh. And, you know, I I teach in a school that, you know, the lowest we got in my 30 years was about 1,100 students. Wow. And by the time that I retired, there were 23 to 2,600 students at that at that same school so you know those were all those were all good 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 times you know for sure I think we had a hundred people in our class <laughs> well yeah we we had a i think we had 150 in our graduating class 150 and last year you know i'm on the, the school board we had at my school that i taught for for 30 years there were 600 students that graduated Shoot. Yeah, 600 students. Well, and I remember with us, shoot, that's counting Jake Neal. I said, shoot, <laughs> he was in three classes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But you know what's 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 funny about this? So we're the class of '75, Steve and I, and uh, the class of '76, you know, right behind us, and then '77. Those three classes. I mean, if you think, of it, I mean, we we were all tight with each with we each other, were. you know. Yeah, we Even were. though we were, you know, a couple of years apart, we were still tight with each other. We hung out with each other all the time outside of school. So, you know, those three classes, you know, probably some of the biggest names in East Town High were in those three classes, <laughs> right? Three, five, right. Seven, six, seventy-seven, you know. And uh, I, I said, man, I, I, I loved uh, E-Town High and, and the experiences I had there. Again, probably should have did some things differently. If I had it to do over, I probably would if myself now could talk to myself then. Uh, <laughs> hey, boy, you're crazy, man, you know. And uh, I was so into the hair thing, man. And I have to tell you a story. We talked about this in one of the previous episodes. Brother Wiley cut hair there in E-Town, right? And so um, I'd go to Brother Wiley. If, if Brother Glass wasn't cutting hair, I'd go to Brother Wiley. Then I'd just say, yeah, just just trim a little bit off the top. I don't want you to take a lot off and whatnot. And he said, boy, he's like, let me cut this hair. He said, you know what? In about 40 years, people are going to be shaving their head bald. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? 
You know, and yeah. guess what? Here we are. He's you know, a here, we are. here we are. He said, you worry about this hair. He said, about 40 years, people going to be shaving their head bald. And, and, he has a still, and he has a full head of hair. He has a full head of hair. <laughs> and all three of us, all three of us, we have full hair. Yeah, all three of us, we lived up to that prophecy, you know? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, all good times, man. All good times, and uh, you know, I, I want to throw out one more, one more uh, event. I guess I'll call it an event, and I think we all participated in this event, and that was the Bell of Louisville. And I was oh, thinking yeah. about that. <laughs> Bell of Louisville, and the and, and the thing I want you to think about on the Bell of Louisville was the band. <laughs> And we talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, the band. The band that was on the bellow just about every year I was on there was Frank Lance and his band. <laughs> and man, at the time, they were hot, man. They were hot. Oh. I can't remember. He, he came home before he died. Yeah. And, uh, and man, he played. And then he, he was going to, he came over to church, man, <laughs> and got on the organ and. Well, dad liked to went berserk, you know, man. That organ sounded like it was singing. Man. Oh, yeah. You could never get that organ to sound like it to play. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that band, his band, man, they were like, I, I, I kin Frank Lenz's band to Rare Earth, man. You know? Okay. They, I, they remind me of Rare Earth, man. Some funky white dudes that could get down and, and jam, man. And and they jammed on the bell, man, every year I was on there, man. Yeah. They they played oh, yeah. like, latest tracks and, you know, they could play, they could sing. And uh I, man, we partied on the bell, man. They 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 threw down. Man. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was they were they were <laughs> great. They were great. That's for sure. <laughs> yep. All right, I got one more for us. One, one more. more for us we've talked about. <laughs> Now, we may or may not remember this, but there are some things that always went kind of oddly with this topic. And that is every year at E-Town High School, they always had a powder puff game. <laughs> you guys remember the powder puff game? Yeah. yeah. We remember the powder puff game, yeah. Yeah, powder yeah. puff game. That was when the girls became the guys they played the football in the football team and the guys became the cheerleaders they flipped roles and i'm looking at uh let's see our senior year so that'd be 1974 because we were 74 75 and i remember the seniors that was uh oh gosh uh I think, yeah, Wanda Welts was in our class. I think she scored a couple of touchdowns, okay? And uh, I remember... Um, we had Joella. Oh, Joella? Yep. She, scored a, she scored a touchdown or two for the underclassmen. And I think I remember Joan Carter being on the underclass team. Yeah. And... Um, she wore Mark's jersey. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. the and, girls they wore the jerseys of the football team. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so it was flag football, powder puff, you know, and it was it was a good time. And I think if I remember correctly, the cheerleaders were um, oh gosh, uh, Dick Wheeler. He was a cheerleader. Yeah. I think Brian Russell was a cheerleader, if I remember correctly. Um, Carl Swope, I think yeah. he was a cheerleader. And maybe Ted Snyder, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he but was. Yeah, he was. They, they all dressed up and put on the EHS uh, uh, sweaters and skirts. They, they did cheers. So that's one of those turnabout things. And I think... The stands were packed and stuff like that, so it was it was kind of a neat thing that that we did, and it gave the girls a chance to be there. And uh, oh, the guy that had the old truck, um, it was uh, like a thirty-eight uh, 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 Buchanan. John John Logston. 
Logston. Okay. Yeah, I think he was the 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 homecoming or the Powder Puff King or something like that. So that was that was kind of it was Blair. Tom Blair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Could have been Tom Blair. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was kind of it was kind of neat to go back and see that and uh, to see how things went. You know, we we got so many stories that we could we can put together with this and uh you know kind of kind of move on there but we can go on and on and on talking about those days and all the events that happened so you know it's been kind of you know we're getting close to the top of the hour here and it's been a been a good little conversation to go on so you know experiment number two from episode 11 i think it's been pretty good no it's good good conversation um a lot of good memories like you say man uh you know, I, I it was great. Uh, and again, we've talked about some great people tonight as well uh, that have, uh, you know, enriched all our lives. So uh, that's the big thing, man. If uh, relationships enrich your life, that's that's the big thing, man. It's huge. Yep. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Well, I was just glad y'all invited me in, ma'am. Well, it's been good. We you know we're we're going to try to get some more of our uh, friends and classmates, colleagues and stuff to come on. And, uh, we want to open this up a little bit, you know, so it's been good. And it's just, as long as people got Skype and we're all over the country and, uh, we want to, we want to make this, you know, something that everybody can, uh, enjoy, you know, especially people from E-Town and the surrounding areas that, uh, that we've had some close, uh, personal contacts with. Well, all right. I think that's a that's a good place where we can end this um, version of Across the Tracks. And it's been really a pleasure. I think that we'll continue to go on and we'll come up with some other topics in the future. So as we mention every uh, podcast, if you're interested in certain topics or uh, want to uh, join us, let us know. You can check us out on Facebook. You can send us a message on Facebook. And uh, we'll be willing to accommodate you. We'll, we want to uh, make this thing continue on and have some more fun. Positively, yes. Well, all right, then. We'll, we'll end it right there. And um, stay tuned for future broadcasts uh, of Across the Tracks. And then we'll just move on from here. Saying uh, we'll see you later, E-Town. See you later. <laughs>